Hi, and welcome back to the Mod Mentality Show. I'm Chris Lucian, and my co-host is Austin Chadwick. And today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, mobbing uh, feature priority or collective product ownership, I guess. So uh, Austin, maybe you can kick us off with some thoughts on this topic. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I guess I'll start off theoretically and then maybe go into uh, a little storytelling of an experience I had recently that was quite phenomenal and really fun. And uh, yeah, so I mean, it's something that's kind of been in the the corners of my mind for a while. And some of the mob community have even reached out and given us feedback that, uh, you know, mob programming has this uh, incredible ability um, to take silos, whether it's knowledge or skill or tech, and then uh, you know, it does two things. One is it disseminate, disseminates it amongst all the people in the ensemble or the mob, right? And then also, since usually uh, mobs have a big thing for automation, it gets automated, right? And so, you know, knowledge gets baked into the code, it gets baked into each other. And so, um, and the feedback has been, uh, can mobbing do that to kind of the, uh, uh, you know, if you're thinking classic scrum, like product owner, uh, type uh, silo or knowledge or skills or that, that, that kind of thing. And so that's been uh, kind of lurking in my mind for a while there. And uh, so uh, to give a, a different example of what I experienced is, you know, sometimes you could be mob programming, but uh, there's still the product owner or the product expert. And he might show up and just come with already a predefined set of things like, hey, I've uh, worked with customers. I've talked with them directly. I've also, you know, talked to our internal people and with finance and all the things. Here are our priorities: A, B, and C, right? And and then the mob might have questions. They might challenge it. There might be a discussion there, and then they'll iterate on it. You know, build something, show them the next day. Build something, show him or her the next day. And that kind of iteration process works well. But the kind of product discovery on what to work on next is somewhat largely decided. Of course, there's adjustments that happen, right? So, you know, they started out thinking A is gonna be the top thing. And then after we work on it for a while, we discover, oh, we discovered that B is really the top thing. So we kind of morph it into B. Or, you know, A becomes A prime be it by discoveries we find by shipping it and the market tells us different or it looks different than we expected. Um, but pretty much the, you know, the prioritized list of A, B, and C kind of came into the mob or team uh, predefined, so to speak. Uh, and then I had a recent example, a uh, recent uh, experience lately where it was com something completely different. So uh, basically the person who was uh, really in tune with the customers and the market needs, uh, we were having the conversation on what to work on next. And he basically said, it's kind of in this big ballpark domain area, but I don't know what to do. <laughs> and it was really, it was really awesome radical candor and psychological safety from his perspective, because I think typically they're expected to know, right? <laughs> and so and so he knew like, here's a big market opportunity, but how we go about it, I'm not sure at all. And so what it kicked off was this kind of collective uh, product discovery phase where we um, ran a bunch of experiments. We diagrammed together with the product people um, on various options. We had like this uh, virtual whiteboard of, you know, option A, option B, option C, option D, and everyone was weighing in. So he was weighing in like, okay, if we went with option A, uh, that would be kind of like a half win for the market. You know, it wouldn't be that great, but it's, you know, I see from a technological perspective, it's simpler. So he was kind of adding in that information. We were adding in like, 
hey, where's the best bargain hunt, you know, as far as like, you know, technical simplicity, right? Um, and so we, we kind of went through that. And after uh, running various experiments on, you know, backend technology, front-end technology, uh, how to craft the feature UI, um, and then we had this list of options. And what was really nice is through that collective diagramming discussion and rapid experimentation on the tech, it became pretty clear to everyone that one of the options was the way to go. And so then we, then after that point, it was back to where it was before, where we're like building it, getting feedback, building it, getting feedback, building it, getting feedback. But it, it was a really cool experience where it wasn't just, hey, here's the list. We got to help discover the list together. Uh, and so, Chris, that was kind of the story I had to share. Did you have any similar experiences or follow-up questions or anything? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I think that uh, one thing that this reminds me of a little bit is the uh, the simplification that I think Fred George goes through when he talks about programmer anarchy. He talked, you know, he in 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 the concept, it's kind of the customer, the the developers, um, and then uh, I forget the third, but they have a, a, a kind of a triangle of. of uh, of interactions and um, in the programmer anarchy style, uh, a lot of it is direct customer discovery and, and incorporating features. Uh, but also um, another thing while you're talking that I was reminded of is um, a little bit of maybe the maturity of the knowledge space uh, of, of the market. And so uh, for example, I think that it's pretty easy to know that um, you maybe need a grid of numbers for a spreadsheet or something, right? Uh, but it, it's hard to understand, like in Excel, uh, you know, all of the really high level, like you know, formulas should operate in a certain way and whatever, right? So if you're if you're setting out to build Excel, for example, uh, you're probably, you know, or compete against Excel, for example, you probably have like a, a series of maybe no brainers, right? Um, and I, I think that as things become more and more uh, developed and, and, and you're becoming, uh, you know, you're going from established uh, areas for a product and evolving them into something more and more innovative, uh, you basically have to get to that point where, you know, all those, all the no-brainer things kind of are taken care of. And so I think that, you know, kind of as a sign of, of, product maturity even uh, the um, or whether or not you're in an innovative space collaboration the value of collaboration goes hot up and up and up as as things are less obvious on what to do next and so um, you know my guess is you know uh, I would ask you what in your experience was this something that was uh, you know more on the innovative side uh, to the point where that collaboration was was really required right yeah, it was because it was a it was a pretty complicated problem in the fact that the, the existing product was pretty complicated to begin with, right? Uh, you got hardware, you have firmware, you have software, you have various levels of software, whether it's cloud and uh, other parts of the stack. Uh, and then uh, then there was this also in, included third party integration, and so then you're interacting with uh, you know another team, that, you know, with their own code and their own hardware. Uh, and then, uh, so yeah, it was pretty complicated and it was kind of, it's kind of like a first to market type thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it definitely was that, uh, <laughs> yeah. a lot of the tough problems in product development were, uh, a lot of those factors were there for sure. <laughs> and I, I think that a lot of the things that happen naturally when, you know, first starting out mobbing, 
it was like we you know there are a number of innovations that happen because of the collaboration just in code right and so yeah. you know why wouldn't that extrapolate to uh product ownership type activities um especially uh if you know especially if developers can can visit customer situations and, and see that and so um you know i think that that was also pretty common for the team was to to go and experience uh, in-person um interactions with uh you know the, that customer base and and then evolving you know so so uh you know just like mobbing amongst a group of developers will will you know break down silos and improve collaboration i think that uh you know given enough information or enough of a lack of information then mobbing makes a lot of sense for product ownership too uh, yeah in in the sense of just understanding really well what comes next um but if it's something that is really well known from the field and the developers don't have a whole bunch of time to be in the field all the time to talk to those people uh, that's a very different story because it, it's it is a kind of a no-brainer you know we need that thing that the, the that the field is asking for that you know that's that's lacking but as soon as it's something where it's like hey we can we can generate interest and from a thing that the field is not doing at all right your, your customer base has never never even realized that they had the problem in the first place even sometimes and and in those scenarios, I think it's it's really great because you can kind of um, you know I think that the more people involved in in that discussion and, and throwing around ideas can can really accelerate um, the the kind of insular innovation that happens maybe before getting that feedback. But it's always really important to get that feedback as fast as possible. But um, there's probably some some idea. Uh, or some situation where the idea kind of proofs for a little while internally before sending it out to everyone. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think I think that's a great point that it, it maybe was more unique. It wasn't a no-brainer situation, right? And yeah. uh, so the it was more it was more obvious that the the collective hive mind would really help out. And uh, and uh, so yeah, and there were a couple other things that I noticed. Yeah, so one was customer interaction. Um, I didn't really reflect on that. Was yeah. This involved the mob having direct customer interaction. So whether at a show or on customer site, you know, using the hardware, you know, seeing how they operate. Uh, so, you know, the mob team was involved in that in this case. Uh, one thing that was really cool for me is I learned a lot about how uh, kind of like market thinking works, right? So we collectively discovered the vision we are going for. What's this innovative you know, new thing that no one else is doing and what benefit does that provide the end customers, right? And so it, I've thought, I've always thought about that before, but it was much deeper. It was like a couple layers deeper that I really learned. And I think it gave people who maybe normally only do development to learn and see those things and see how to discover those things. Um, and what was also really fun about it uh, was uh, seeing the result. So seeing it used in the field, uh, you know, and seeing the whole end-to-end -end process working and then we were also involved in the demonstration to customers too, in this, in this case, which is always isn't in, is in the case. And it was really fun because you helped make a thing. You were involved in it from, you know, soup to nuts, the whole thing. And then you got to first see the first usages of it from customers or demonstrations. And it was so cool to literally see like eight out of 10 customers who saw it say the words, wow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so 
I think it was a, it was a really cool moment for me because I don't, you, it's usually you don't see the full system, right? You might hear about it like, oh, we delivered this thing and that really helped the sale in this region or something like that, right? But yeah. it's really rare that you experience each piece firsthand. And this was a yeah. case where we really did. And it was really rewarding, right? And I think it, maybe it kind of goes back to some of the stuff with uh, uh, Joy Inc. So Richard Sheridan's material, we can put a link in the show notes for that where a lot of the joy of work comes when you see the result of your work, right? <laughs> end to end. And yeah. that was really fun. And the last thing I had to say was, I got to jab you a little bit. Your Excel, your examples now are about Excel, which tells me that maybe you're doing <laughs> no. a little bit too much Excel, Chris. <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And, and um, yeah, I think that, uh, it's it's especially interesting, you know. So so I'll I'll just you know maybe for the audience context, uh, you know we're we're referring to a IoT project. So so we have these physical interactions. So it might be easier actually for a pure software team to have these experiences, especially because you yeah. can bring uh, bring people into the office or watch them remotely. Uh, I see a lot of companies using tools like Hotjar and things like that, where they, you know, can record a session from an individual user uh, and see that. Um, and so I, I think there's a lot of value in, in developers understanding uh, those needs. And I think there's a lot of opportunity for really bright, innovative collaboration when you're working on something that is not proven, like true R&D. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so that, that's kind of where it is. Uh, and I think that, um, uh, you know, it, it's a really cool experience. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you audience. Uh, thank you for hearing our, our story here with that. Uh, have you have any similar stories where, you know, uh, the product discovery product experimentation that turned into more of a collective activity instead of a, a you know, a solo activity or, Hey, so this being a solo thing works really, really well. And maybe your thing's weird, Austin, you know? And so uh, we, we love to get all feedback, uh, you know, on LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, and more. So we'd love to see your comments and hear your stories. Uh, so, but until next time, mob well, everyone, and have a good one. Bye. Bye, everybody.